Hey, Link Frequencies Open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, in this case, a Star Trek Discovery short trek. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I think it's good to know that every Starfleet career begins with vicious gaslighting and outright deception. Joining me on the show, as usual is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Oh, so good to have you back, and so weird to do these uh, so intermittently, you know? I can't wait until Discovery is, uh, season three is back, and of course uh, Picard as well, so we can do them a little more regular, but it's good to be doing it. I know, I'm so ready for the routine. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the routine. Uh, well, did you hear the news before we get into uh, our Discoverage talk? Uh, did you hear the news about Star Trek Four, the film? Uh, no. Here's the news. I'm going to break okay. the news. Uh, Star Trek Four, the film, is on. Uh, I mean, it's on in terms of, uh, you know, a deal is being made. So uh, as far as we know, it will be going forward with Noah Hawley as the writer and director. I believe that's how you say his name. Holly. Interesting. Okay. Yes. He's, of course, the man behind uh, Fargo on FX. He also did uh, Legion on, uh, I believe, on FX as well, and is a writer and a director. His, what was the name of his uh, recent movie? His directorial debut was Lucy in the Sky, starring uh, Natalie Portman, came out this year. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Legion fan. I'm not, I actually haven't watched Fargo, um, but I know that it is. Uh, I did. Oh, yeah. Is it good? It's fantastic. It's amazing. I watched all of it because um, I watched it right before seeing Martin Freeman in a play. And I was like, well, if I meet him at the stage door, I have to be like, I just watched Fargo. So I I did not meet him, (laughs) but I did watch all of Fargo. (laughs) Okay. All right. And it was fantastic. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, he's a guy who is, uh, you know, he's talented uh, at uh, running TV shows, uh, adapting films to TV shows and comic books. Now he'll be adapting a TV show to film, so it seems like he has like facility in this area. Plus, you know if he's doing it, it's going to be some crazy idea. Like He's a very inventive uh, creator and likes to do really weird things. Yes, he's also not Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the Tarantino Trek movie, we still don't have any word about that. Uh, I, I think you have to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. Uh, with this, but I, I do, or I did see some people saying uh, that they think that it's probably still on. I mean, this is not an announcement of you know letting go of Tarantino or something like that. But yeah, as far as we know, it'll be going forward uh, with the original cast is the plan, and uh, an entirely new, as far as I know, story from what they had uh, projected uh, Star Trek for being previously. Wow. Okay. And it, it's always. You know, right before I came on, I was like Googling, like I was like on Twitter and like Googling Star Trek as I'm like, he's going to tell me something that I don't know. And it's going <laughs> to be something big. Um, That's what people tune in but, for. Oh, my God. Exactly. To, Just to my you, shock and awe. Yeah, this is your uh, your test uh, to get into uh, Starfleet. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. My uh, vibe check. Yeah, it's too bad that uh, S.J. Clarkson uh, won't be able to direct as she was lined up to do before. Um, but I am I am excited about this. Um, to me, he seems he seems like um like a Brian Fuller type to me. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. Uh, he, you know he runs his own shows. Uh, he's got a lot of creative ideas, and so of course Fuller uh, gave us. Uh, developed Discovery, uh, but then departed the franchise. But having him on board to do this is is really exciting. 
Yeah, I mean, you, I'm, I trust him already just based off Fargo, to be honest. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, I, I got to watch that. It, I think I didn't want to watch it because I was like, yeah, I like the movie. Why, why are we making a, a TV show that has nothing to do with it? But uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. It's amazing. And I hadn't watched the movie either until right before I watched the series. Oh. But it, like, it works. I know it's odd, but it, Did yeah. Did you think really... you needed to watch the movies to know where, where you were well, at when the show started? Well, I was just like, I'm gonna, I have to. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was no other option. <laughs> you get really motivated to watch plays. I do. <laughs> I gotta go through all the back material first. <laughs> I was like, I have to know. <laughs> I had to visit Fargo. Well, uh, we're talking about the third in a new series of six short Trek films set in the universe of Star Trek. This week, we're talking about Ask Not. And before we start, as always, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone. I mean, this is, came out a couple days ago now, so you've probably seen it. Uh, we're glad you decided to cho- uh, join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, <laughs> we are going to talk about the episode. Uh, the official synopsis for Ask Not is when an attack on Starbase 28 leaves a surprise prisoner under Cadet Thirasidu's watch, she is faced with making a decision that may threaten her standing in Starfleet. The episode was written by Kalinda Vasquez. This is her first script for Trek, but she has written previously for shows like Nikita, Once Upon a Time, and Runaways. And the episode was directed by Sanji Sanaka, also known as just Sanji. This is Sanji's first time directing a TV drama, but he's long been a music video director, having directed videos for Nicki Minaj, David Guetta, Lauren Hill, Mary J. Blige, and more. The title Ask Not, of course, comes from John F. Kennedy's uh, first inaugural address in 1961. Uh, the full line, of course, being Ask Not What Your Country Can Do For You. Ask What You Can Do For Your Country. What did you think of the short trek Ask Not? I, <laughs> um, I feel basically the same as I do about the past two. It, it is fun. I like it more than nothing. Uh, it's but almost, it seems like almost nothing at nine and a half minutes. Yes, it, very short. Uh, <laughs> it seems like they are struggling with the format. Yeah. Like, it seems like they can't... Well, and again, we don't know if these are going to come up in the next season. It seems like they aren't sure what they want from the short treks besides just, like, content and or, like us getting to look at Anson Mount in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of content, I, I mean, I do want to talk about uh, about the content and what happens in the episode, but I, I do think that we need to... We got to call people onto the carpet here. Do you know what I mean? About, about short mm-hmm. tricks. Uh, this, for mm-hmm. me, this is the point where I went upside down, I think, on, on short tricks as a concept. Um, the first round of them... This, this, this specific episode? Yes. The first round of them did, you know, worked so well. Later on, we learned kind of what they were for. Uh, and in an abbreviated uh, streaming TV season, uh, you don't have time to do stuff necessarily. So why not have short treks tell you interesting stories, but also get you out ahead of where we're going to go, you know, in the next season of the show? I don't... I don't know what we're doing <laughs> this week, and I don't think – in the way that like an anthology show or even a show like uh, – and I picked this at random just because uh, Mike McMahon's working on the new Lower Deck show. Something like Rick and Morty where every week it's going to be something completely crazy and different, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to add something that will – you know, a, a Me Seeks or an Alien World or something that's going to come back later is still going to add to the palette of – of what you're doing on your show. I, I don't even know what we're, we're doing anymore. Um, they had the triples one last week, 
which seems almost like just a you know name reference recognition. Hey, mm-hmm. we've, how come nobody's ever done anything with tribbles? Let's do that. This week, I don't even I don't even know what we're doing. Like, it, unless to just stoke the fire of people who want to see a Pike show, yet the network seems unable or unwilling to commit to it, but trying to keep those people in still? That's the thing, is I'm like, if you're going to have literally both Anson and Ethan on every week, yeah, yeah. like, just make the, make the Spock and Pike show, like, 20-minute spots. Like, you can, they could, they could have done, uh, five or whatever short treks that were just Pike and Spock stories. The, the Pike show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and which, it could have been more satisfying. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm still not convinced uh, fully is a great idea for a show, no, me but, neither. but they seem to, people seem to be uh, excited about the possibility of it. And they seem to keep teasing us with these things that I just wonder what the holdup is, but just, okay. Let's go back to like the story of what's going on, you know, in ask mm-hmm. not, um, I, I also think that it connects to me wondering what they're doing because I don't know if it's a budgetary issue, but why is it so short? <laughs> like when they've got a good idea, something like so Calypso. Surprised. Calypso was like 18 minutes long, right? I mean, yeah. they told a whole story. This is half of that. And there isn't even any twist. Like if you set up some, I don't know how, and this is clearly a reference back to, um, was it Wesley Crusher's like uh, test to get into Starfleet Academy where oh, you had to like, yeah. Save the guy from the you know the pipe or whatever. Oh and get my god, the, I uh, totally forgot about that. Fire extinguisher sprayed all over him. Yeah, that's oh. what I, what I assume that this is supposed to be sort of mirroring. But I don't know if they couldn't. They should have written the story in a way that it filled it out at least to like fifteen minutes. Or like, what if there's a twist? What if it was they're teaming up? It was just a test. She's on board now. He knows that he can trust her intentions. But then the Tholians actually attack, and they have to spend another five minutes repelling the attack or like oh i think this is real you know guys cut this off oh no no this is a real thing now and she has to show her skill and loyalty you know and and prove that she was the right choice to be on the enterprise because it's just once the reveal happens it's like hey that's great and now you get to be on the enterprise it's gonna be great everything's great look at this great set look at that warp core that's great and maybe you'll see this stuff someday on a show um yeah that's the other thing i was thinking is just not to say that Anson Mount is a is a bad actor, which clearly I, I do not do. think. We never could say But, that. no. Um, <laughs> just, just based on the dialogue of Captain Pike, within like 10 seconds, I was like, it's a trick. He's messing with her. This isn't real. <laughs> like, because I can believe that. Captain Pike would get himself arrested in a situation like that. I like I bought I bought that, sure. and then I was like, he wouldn't act like that. Yeah, like, why not, not make it? A, yeah, right. Why not make it a real situation like that? Like we know Pike. If this is if, if this was our introduction to Captain Pike without a mm-hmm. Discovery season two, maybe we would believe it. Or maybe, yeah. as you say, we it's written to the point where we are to understand that off screen, something horrible has happened because he is sort of, you know, he is proposing something to her. Like they want to rescue these, mm-hmm. these people or whatever that you could see Pike doing, but then he's like, you'll never work in this town again. It's like, well, that's, I mean, Pike well, he's never... also like, tw- he's like twisting it with her. He's like, if you yeah. do this, I will save your husband. Like your husband a, is going to die unless you do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which or, it, like, like, you're right. It's not, it's not really believable. No, well, I also, I, you know, they could have flipped it. It could have been from the other side. So we could have, the plot could have followed 
Pike. And then the tension could have been, you know, the audience waiting for the cadet to make her decision, which the tension was already kind of there because you're watching her being like, what is she going to do? But you don't know who to root for because Pike is acting weird. But if we had watched Pike be like, oh, this specific cadet is fantastic, but like we're so worried about whatever because of the war, like they could have done that. And I would have felt a little bit better about it, I think. Yeah. The, the switch is so quick and underplayed. You know, in Star Trek yeah. Two, uh, Kirstie Alley's blown up the entire <laughs> ship and everybody's dead, you know, and then eventually Kirk's like, all right, shut it down and walks out. And it's we find out it's all a trick. But it's, I would she, have shot him. She, she Yeah. <laughs> I would have shot Pike the second he was like, OK, all right. I would have been like, you're like, you're a jokester. Boom. Like, I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, right. I would still be in like he's trying to trick me and I would just stun him and be done. Just with a it. stun. Yeah, right. How deep do these things go? Like, could they have gone and got her husband off the Bowman and I had know, him, right? like, play? It's a surprise party, honey. Yeah, like, have him play along and, no, please help me. Uh, yeah, how far? What, why do they, what are these loyalty? This is, these loyalty tests are very troubling. Uh, I don't know why we, we do this. It seems kind of quaint in that one episode of TNG where it was like, oh, it's pretty tough, I guess. Not everybody's going to, maybe the vaping fish guy can get in, but not everybody's going to get into <laughs> to Starfleet Academy. And it, yeah, this is this is just horrible. The implication is horrifying. And they try to cover that up because he you know, he says at one point, uh, this might seem like extreme and inhumane. And I was watching it with my girlfriend and she's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> you might be asking yourself why we do this. Yeah, we are. We are asking ourselves that. And also maybe if they had just taken out the the cold open where she, where all of her consoles blow up and she is thrown to the ground. Yeah. If they had just taken out that, I would have maybe been a little bit more like, okay, but because I mean, like someone needs to someone needs to scan her head. She hit her head on the floor. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the test. And they test. immediately beam her to the other. He's like, clean yourself up and get in the transporter room. And she's like, haha, okay. I'm like, <laughs> blood's coming out of her ear. Yeah, Literally. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm glad to be aboard, Captain Man. Yeah, she's not, not doing too well. Um, I guess I'm tired of characters like going rogue in uh, in Star Trek. They're always like disobeying mm-hmm. orders and stuff. But maybe this is the reason they have these things. Like maybe this is how they keep people from going rogue. Uh, and only Kirk or, or Picard or somebody can, can have an insurrection because everybody else has just been brainwashed by this horrible <laughs> gaslighting from the, from the higher ups. Imagine. You are a cadet, and everything you do, you're like, it's a test. Test. Is it a test? Should I do that? Do I do the ethical thing, or do I follow the prime directive? Like yes. everything you do. Oh my right. god. His name is John Luke Picard. His name is John Luke Picard. <laughs> uh, I I want to talk about the talent uh, behind the scenes here, and I don't <clears throat> I don't want to sound like I'm um, being insulting or overly critical because I'm not. I just think that <laughs> the you know this this uh, this is a first time Trek writer, um, mm-hmm. and we don't even get the script's not even long enough for us to really get an idea of their yeah. character as a writer. It's almost all people quoting regulations at each other in yeah. quickly and in a, intensely in a way that's supposed to be interesting, and it's not at all. And then you take this other guy who is a this is his first like you know film like drama. Uh, directing job, uh, but he's directed a lot mm-hmm. of videos, and so the visual mm-hmm. style is there. But we never even get a chance to see if he can tell a story or not because it's just two heads going back and forth. And so I don't know really what they're doing at this point. Like they, 
they seem to want okay so here you've got this franchise it's 50 years old you have miraculously resurrected it and now you are turning it turning it up like you're going into all kinds of other shows and stuff so i get that you need to like develop a, a stable but i don't know why who they're filling the ranks with and, and why uh, and you know and to be honest like if you look at the original series they got a bunch of like cowboy writers <laughs> a bunch of guys yeah. that wrote like have gun will travel uh who had never written a uh, a Star Trek or a sci-fi show before. So I'm not saying that they have to come from a certain place. I just don't know why. To me, nobody's really stood out yet as the um, the Rene Echevarria, you know, or the Ira Stephen Bear of, uh, of, of Discovery or of, like, New Trek yet. I Here's the thing. At the risk of sounding biased, which I would like to say on record uh, that I am, I am not <laughs> at, sure. at CBS, if you're listening, I am not biased, but... If they would take script submissions from the authors who have been writing Star Trek short stories and Star Trek novels and Star Trek novellas for, you know, 30 some years, imagine how different these. And I don't want to say that I don't want new uh, new screenwriters for Star Trek because I do. I, you know, I want it's it's Star Trek. It's new and I love it. But imagine how like this specific short trek could have been different if it had been written by somebody who was like sort of marinated in star trek and i don't you know i don't want to make yeah. it seem like it's a club and no one can get in or whatever right um but to me but, it also it almost seems like it's it's because of that uh, not because of uh, somebody who's been thinking about like trek for 30 years but it's almost as if you showed a couple episodes to a writer uh who who's you know a tv writer was used to like uh, punching out like a you know four or five x script, and they went oh, okay I get it so it's like things blow up people shout like rules and and regulations at each other and then there's some kind of uplifting thing okay I can do that and it's like yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of like an alien walking around in a human suit and not quite nailing it do you know what I mean like it's not <laughs> yeah it's like a that's not exactly issue. what what Trek is yeah mm-hmm. um and I feel it's like I feel I feel so guilty even just being like oh I'm disappointed with the short treks this time because I want to love them so much <laughs> yeah but I they just seem to be uh struggling a little bit with them I don't know yeah um boy I mean we speaking of short like we're, we're barely pushing 20 minutes here uh is there anything else yeah. that you wanted to say about ask not I mean it definitely well let's okay let's the the main actress the star amazing fantastic performance yeah she's good she did fantastic um the if we're gonna if i'm gonna be a uh film student about it here's what my uh my professor is always like short films that are 10 minutes are like weirdly too long and there's nothing in them and then if they're like six minutes they're the perfect length so they have this short trek now that is about 10 minutes it's like nine minutes and nothing happens and like you said in calypso 18 minutes like fantastic whatever and i feel like they just need to they need to buckle down on the on the 20 minute and write something more like the first four that's more that has more of you know whatever you want to call what Star Trek is more of Star Trek um yeah and uh less of something that's like 
a little because it's like it's it's nine minutes, but like you said, it's like oh she fight she something blows up. They yell about the rules and happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like because okay you've seen this all right it's like uh, well I brought up Star Trek two Star Trek two mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of quoting the book and regulations mm-hmm. and I mean it has to do specifically with two characters one mm-hmm. Savick who has only has book smarts and has no experience in the real world and Spock a guy who you know has because of his Vulcan convictions doesn't lie and follows the rules but we see how he can get around that so there's kind of yes it, it's part of a plot but it also goes to several people's characters but here it's just they're just checking that she knows the rules I guess or that she won't follow something uh for vengeance or you know, or she won't, that she's trustworthy. Not I use the loophole. Yeah, I, and not I go did, for the if I'm being yeah. honest, it was like, it was a little entertaining for me because I was like, yeah, girl, get him. Because I was like, she <laughs> knows her stuff. Yeah. So oh, I yeah, was, she's capable. Yeah. I, I wasn't like, while, they, while, while I was watching them, you know, yell the rules, I was like, yeah, get it. Like, I, I was stitched in for that part. I was entertained. Yeah. But then, like you said, it was literally a test. Yeah, I think just long or short, I mean, you have to have an idea at that, that hits, and you have to hit it. Uh, and it's something like the trouble with Edward. It's like it's triples, and then I guess it's like that one's like 12, 13 minutes long. And I guess the whole punchline is that the whole time this captain is trying to be accommodating, and at the end she's like, screw that guy, he's an idiot. And it's like, you know, that's a smile but not a laugh. And the whole thing can't be balanced It's, it's like an uncomfortable that. smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. If, if it's all going to come down like, to yeah, that. Yeah, he was, but you're in a <laughs> it's, and it's no, there'll, there'll be no triple at all. That's It's not that at all, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, I think we covered just about all that there is to cover uh, yeah. on this episode. So that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can follow Enterprising Individuals on Facebook and Twitter at EISTPOD for updates and to get notified when new episodes of our show and also new episodes of Discoverage are released. And tweet to us uh, during the show or anytime using the hashtag Discoverage so you can we can get your uh, comments and thoughts on our short trek coverage. Uh, you can email us also at EISTPOD. I-S-T-P-O-D at gmail.com. And uh, may I recommend one of the newest shows on our network, this, the Just Enough Trope Network. It's called Sailor Noob. It's a podcast where I and my co-host, uh, actually the host of the show is Mikan Hana, and I'm the co-host, and we examine episodes of Sailor, Sailor Moon. Uh, I have never seen it before. Uh, she's an expert in it. We talk about the episode. We also talk about the cultural elements uh, of Japanese culture that you see in the episodes like fashion, food, and technology. Uh, it's a good time. You can find it on Twitter at, at noob underscore sailor. Check that out if you like anime. We'll be back next month for the next two short treks. That's two, which both come out on December 12th. They're called The Girl Who Made the Stars and Ephraim and Dot, and they are both animated episodes. And we were talking about length before. I got a feeling that these are going to be, we're going to break the sub nine minute barrier here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Did your professor say anything about animated shorts and how long they should be? Uh, he did not. <laughs> I think Pixar usually keeps it uh, under 10 minutes, right? Yeah, for the... Um, I'm thinking about the the guy playing chess. That doesn't go on too long. Yeah, that's definitely like a... F- what? Not even five. Like a two-minute. 
Presto, which is uh, not only my favorite short Pixar short, it's probably my favorite movie ever. Uh, that's the one with the uh, the magician and his rabbit who wants a carrot. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, that one's really long, but there's a lot of action in that. You know, there's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. things going on. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, I got a feeling that these are going to be kind of short, but we will uh, reserve judgment. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, uh, every Wednesday on the show. I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews about other topics. Uh, this week, I'm speaking with author Alan Gratz about the DS9 episodes, Improbable Cause, and The Die is Cast. Uh, it's going to be a good talk about DS9 and about Garrick. So join us for that. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about this short trek. Remind people where they can find you online. At Generations Geek on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find Generations Geek wherever you listen to podcasts. And what's coming up on Generations Geek? Um, good question. I am woefully unprepared today because <laughs> I have just gotten through my second round of midterms. Um, but I do know that uh, our Harry Potter episode is up from when I was in England and oh, visited, good, good. you know, Hogwarts, the sets. Everything very wow. fun, including uh, the cursed child play, which I saw from the front row. Uh, if I can brag, so that was fantastic. <laughs> it is there, it's a crazy story, <laughs> so you All can right. check that out. Yeah, tune in to Generations Geek to get that story. Uh, awesome, that is it for us. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are signing off, and this is Aaron for Ella saying, Live long and prosper. Mm-hmm.